following was produced by Tearsheet Studios. We worked with Fiserv, a financial services technology company, to create a four-part podcast series on the role and changing nature of data aggregation in the financial industry. In this episode, we spoke with Paul Diegelman, VP of Fiserv, side-by-side with the president and COO of SAVE. The companies are working closely together to power a new type of savings account that combines savings with investment technology to give higher FDIC-insured returns. There's a sea of sameness when it comes to banking apps, and with really low interest rates, there's little to differentiate between all the plain vanilla offerings. Save is different. It uses a creative combination between savings accounts and investment technology to give its customers higher returns on their savings and rewards on their cards. I spoke with Adam Watts, the president and COO of SAVE. I'm the president and COO of SAVE. We are a wealth advisor that is focused on your cash and your spending, and we provide you with tools that allow you to be able to optimize that. So if a user uses all of those tools, they're able to achieve uh, fairly high uh, rates of return potentially without no any risk whatsoever, all while being in FDIC-insured bank accounts. Prior to joining SAVE, I was a partner in a money management firm that was focused on delivering dynamic, multi-asset trend-following indices. And uh, ultimately, that type of an index would be known as a quantitative investment strategy. Mm-hmm. And we were pioneers within that space. Um, we had the first such index within uh, a mutual fund in the United States, the first within a, an exchange-traded note, first within an ETF as well as more recently, the first within an an annuity product. And so um, when you look at my career, it's coincided with the growth of indexing, ETFs. And as a firm, we spent a lot of time working with banks in order to develop principal guaranteed uh, products that were linked to our indices. And so all three of those things became the basis of what we do over here at SAVE. To scale this solution, SAVE turned to Fiserv. Fiserv's Paul Diegelman also joined us as part of this conversation. Hey, it's uh, Paul Diegelman. I'm a vice president with Fiserv, and my team focuses on open banking, connectivity, aggregated uh, financial data, and account and identity verification. And I've been at Fiserv for a little over five years, uh, joined to help launch a series of digital payment products. And as we saw the convergence of, of money movement and payments with aggregated data and other forms of, of connectivity, um, my team jumped into that space, and we've been operating there for a couple of years. And, and it's in that space that uh, that we met Adam and we met the folks from Save, and we're glad that we did. Oftentimes, in fintech, it's at the intersections of different fields where the magic happens. It took investment professionals moving into the world of banking to come up with Save's approach to increasing yield on basic accounts. Save's mission is to create the world's premier savings platform. And our goal generally is to optimize a person's yield or return on their cash or their spend. We integrate market returns into bank products. We will form partnerships with FDIC-insured banks uh, to convert their plain vanilla banking products, be that a savings account, a checking account, a debit card, or even a credit card, into investment vehicles. And so the big plus is, is that it really kind of gives our customers the best of both worlds. They get the safety and security of an FDIC insured bank account combined with the return potential associated with a market-linked portfolio. 
when you compare our market-linked versions of bank products to the traditional versions of those, typically our return potential will be around two to three times better than what you would see with the market leaders within that space. But if you compare it toward the average version of those bank products, uh, given that like most savings accounts earn fairly little right now, we're uh, returning many multiples greater than that. In addition to its debit card, Save has plans to roll out other complementary products that infuse market returns to an FDIC-insured savings account. Last uh, uh, spring, we launched our uh, debit card. It's the Save Debit Invest card. Its proposition is, is fairly simple. For every dollar that you spend in qualified spend, we're going to match it with a dollar in equivalent portfolio investments. So that means if you spend $1,000 in your debit card in a month, we're going to match that with $1,000 in uh, equivalent investments. The investments term lasts a year. So after a year, you don't get to keep the $1,000 in investments, but you do get to keep the return associated with that $1,000 in investments. Mm -hmm. That translates into, on average, a return potential of about 3% cash back. Compared to the best debit card in the United States, which has roughly a cashback feature of around 1% with a lot of, of caveats associated with that. Meanwhile, most debit cards don't return anything at all. In a few weeks, we plan on launching our market enhanced savings account. That works in a similar fashion where we replace the interest that you would earn on your savings account with market-linked returns. The market-linked return element allows that account to similarly achieve several multiples of what you would see with the leading um, uh, savings accounts within the United States and many multiples better than the average. And lastly, at the beginning of uh, next year, we expect to launch a credit card. And the credit card works in a similar fashion to the debit card in the sense that it matches your spend with investments. But because the credit card space has uh, more favorable economics, we're able to pass that value on to our customers in the form of more investments. And uh, we expect, based off the current design, for the return potential off of that to be 6% on everything that you spend. So if you compare that to the top performing cards in the world, Amex Platinum, Chase Sapphire, et cetera, it's making several multiples of what they make. Our goal is to have the best credit card in the world from an economics perspective. This creative approach appeals to the newer generations that are just starting out to build their wealth. It's also automated, so they don't actually need to do anything different to earn these returns. It's something that we're pretty proud of because for the younger set that uh, doesn't necessarily have a lot of savings, everybody has spending, right? So it allows them to be able to use that spend to be able to actually increase their investment portfolio, which is really yeah, cool. We cool. never put the client's money at risk. It's a big mantra of ours. Fiserv is a large organization and has activity in a lot of different parts of the financial ecosystem. It works with firms like Save to bring rigor and scalability to growing banking and investment products. We describe ourselves as a firm that enables money movement for thousands of financial institutions and millions of people and businesses uh, around the world um, in a world that, as we say, never powers down. We process more than 12,000 financial transactions every second around the clock. And it, it's a tremendous business that, that runs its scale across a wide array of products. And uh, a number of those products resonate with, with wealth and technology firms. And 
it, it's, it saves emerging presence in the space uh, from a wealth and a technology standpoint is, is what attracted us uh, to their proposition and our interest in working with them as they, as they continue to scale their business and, and take it out to more and more uh, consumers in the U.S. Getting a new product off the ground requires changing the laws of physics. In Save's case, the founding team came from financial services and had a deep understanding of what it would take to pull it all off. We all come from what would be described as uh, traditional Wall Street uh, backgrounds. And one byproduct of that means is that we're pretty sensitive to the regulatory requirements that, that are a part of that. Um, our DNA from uh, the traditional Wall Street background certainly informs our decision making. We also have great technology chops. We come from a, a high-speed trading background, high-frequency trading as well, um, an automated trading system. So we feel comfortable with that. But we would describe ourselves as a finance-first management team. And that informs our decision-making in a variety of ways. One of them, with respect to what we're talking about here today, is on the AML-KYC uh, area. We take a very conservative approach to that, um, so much so that as a wealth advisor, we expect to reject um, an upwards of one out of every three applicants to our platform. To issue a save card, the company actually opens two types of accounts with different types of requirements. Getting those mechanics right requires some heavy lifting on the back end. As a part of that onboarding process, they're going to open up both a bank account as well as an investment account. And depending upon the actual account structure, we may be opening up multiple bank accounts with different uh, FDIC insured institutions. Unfortunately, we probably have one of the more onerous uh, sign-up processes that exists within the space because we have to satisfy so many different needs. But with respect to ID verification, uh, we have to conform to the AML KYC processes of all these, both the banking institutions as well as our investment banks. Whenever we got started in this and, and began the process of actually building out the platform, this was a big concern of ours because we were unsure if how we were going to be able to replicate this traditional AML KYC process that we had been bred into in our during our careers, uh, while at the same time, on a personal level, I was most of my bank accounts were actually opened up in person. So that that in-person uh, aspect of the ID verification process um, was uh, an important component of their AML KYC process. So as it turns out, an entire ecosystem does exist in order to support uh, ID verification, of which Fiserv is a big part of, they solve some important components of our process. And so um, it, it is a part of the platform in general in terms of how we're able to achieve what we're achieving. Save turned to Fiserv after first working with another provider to help with the safe and secure opening of digital accounts. As Adam mentioned, right, the, the save model centers around opening bank accounts and investment accounts for their clients. And Fiserv is fortunate in that we get to host the infrastructure for thousands of banks and credit unions in the United States. So the concept of, of digitally opening 
uh, bank accounts in a safe and secure manner is something we're super comfortable with because we, we do it every day. And so the, the, the opportunity to get to also work with SAVE to do something that we're really good at, you know, with traditional FIs and now in a fintech wealth model was really appealing to us. You know, as, as, we, as we worked with Adam and his team, we looked at a number of things around what was important from a, from a UX standpoint. This needs to be done in a digital fashion that is that is safe and secure, but it also needs to be delivered in a model that, that consumers can understand and appreciate and it moves at their speed. Everything that we do is it's a completely online experience for our customers and any type of friction that is exists in that sign-up process is going to likely lead to abandonment. So from a firm perspective, you spend a lot of time trying to reduce that friction as a part of the sign-up process from a UX perspective. The problem is, of course, is that the digital ID verification component is the source of the greatest friction, given that we're kind of economists at heart, is that this tension exists in terms of what we do of wanting to reduce the friction as much as possible while at the same time having to go meet these AML KYC processes as well as prevent fraud, uh, which is rampant within uh, the space. So fraud has increased, uh, I believe, around 150% since the start of the pandemic. And so firms like ours are in a constant battle against fraudsters. So the economics associated with that are huge. If you can find tools that are capable of being able to reduce this friction element associated with the ID verification process, while at the same time effectively addressing the fraud component, the return on investment for a firm like ours is huge, which is exactly why we reached out to Pfizer. They make it easy for our customers to be able to authenticate their bank accounts with their Verify Now systems is allows us to have tools that that satisfy different customer needs. And so it, it has dramatically reduced the friction on that. When you start to drill down into digital financial services, customers aren't a monolithic bunch. Different demographics and socioeconomic groups respond quite differently to different parts of the onboarding process. Since we launched, we learned that um, different socioeconomic demographics respond differently to the friction associated with the sign-up process. Younger people are uh, more willing to deal with fr the friction associated with ID verification than what we see with older uh, sign-ups and especially older sign-ups that have money. So what Pfizer does with their methodology is, is that it makes it easier for both groups in order to be able to reduce the friction of that. It's a big deal for us. Different types of folks have different types of behavior in the way they want to uh, authenticate and verify themselves. So generally speaking, younger people are interested in providing their bank account and routing number to verify that they, in fact, are the bank account owner. Whereas Folks that might be older are less inclined to do that. They're more interested in rendering their routing number and their bank account number. The, the Verify Now product that Adam mentioned, it's in use by a wide array of banks and credit unions today. And what it does is it allows users through a fairly straightforward UX to provide 
the information that they are comfortable with providing, and then we can go out and grab the sort of signals that banks or fintechs like SAVE need in order to continue the journey of enrolling a customer in a proper way and in a, and in a quick way that meets the data elements that the customer is prepared to render at that time. I'm excited to see the, the way the ROI around abandonment seems to be coming to fruition. And uh, it's a thing Adam and I will continue to work on is, you know, can, can we can we drive abandonment to its lowest possible level while at the same time not creating a negative signal that that creates abandonment where it otherwise shouldn't have happened in the first place? When we launched the product, we were not uh, originally using Fiserv. What we found was is that even during our friends and family uh, beta testing period, that our the investors in our company. Uh, meaning the people that had the greatest incentive of all of actually the success of our company, that they were unwilling to give their username and password as a part of that bank account authentication process. So we early on recognized that we needed a solution to be able to address that, especially for the savings product, because you're dealing with customers that are going to be transferring fairly large amounts of, of cash into the savings deposit. And they needed a mechanism to be able to feel comfortable in terms of linking their uh, existing bank accounts to save in order to be able to transfer those funds. It's crazy because <clears throat> every decision you make makes a difference. This is for sure a leverage point in terms of the ability of a firm like ours to be able to go to scale with a very large audience. No question about it. Save is just getting started. After launching its debit card last spring, the firm has been ramping its customer acquisition. So we launched, like I said, the debit invest card uh, late spring. We really started ramping things up in May. Um, we sign up roughly around 150 customers per day on save. We have around uh, a little more than, than 15,000 customers that have signed up to date. Uh, customer engagement is a, a really interesting process to watch. One of the areas that I'm very proud of is, is that our conversion rates on our uh, pay digital marketing are average above 25%. So that means one out of four people that click an ad and go to our site actually end up signing up on the site. That that speaks to how the value proposition of matching your uh, uh, spending with investments resonates with a lot of users. But what's equally interesting is to see how people behave in a fairly conservative way with respect to their finances. What we've noticed is, is that our customers go through a process of experimenting with the card. So one aspect of, of the, the product is, is that we have an app that every time you make a purchase, it will send you a push notification telling you that that purchase was actually matched by investment. So you go buy a $5 cup of coffee, we're going to get a push notification on your phone telling you that you just got $5 worth of investment matching as a result of that spend. What we see is that customers start off experimenting with what will actually get investment matching. And then as they progressively get more engaged, they start experimenting with unusual purchases. So we've seen some users go through the process of uh, 
using the debit card to actually purchase an air conditioning system for their home. Uh, we've seen some users use their debit card to actually pay for their taxes uh, and everything, all of which have gotten investment matching. So this is unheard of, of course. So uh, it's pretty exciting to watch how our users are responding. We're excited because we're in the midst of launching uh, the, the savings account, as I said, in a matter of weeks, and then the credit card's coming, and we're a competitive set. So we like to say that we're going to take on the whole credit card world, and that's something that we're pretty excited to do. This concludes the second episode in a podcast series we're running with Fiserv. To access the transcript of this podcast and to hear upcoming episodes in the series, head on over to the Tearsheet website.